Welcome to the Disruptor Series Podcast, Adweek's Agency Podcast of the Year. The following was recorded live at TBWA Shy Day, New York. Here's your host, Doug Melville, Chief Diversity Officer of TBWA. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, give a huge round of applause. New York Times bestselling author and amazing human being, Katherine Schwarzenegger Pratt. Well, it's exciting to have you here. Welcome to Madison Avenue. Thank so you. I don't know if you've ever stopped by Madison Avenue before, it's but it's a pleasure. The are so nice. uh, thank you so much. Um, actually, today is the two-year anniversary of uh, your mother was here two I years know. ago. She's actually here today, but she was here two, two years ago. Two years to the date. Two years to the date uh, launching her book. So it was uh, March 9th, uh, two years ago, 2018. Uh, I've been thinking. So big round of applause. I appreciate all that. I appreciate all that. Thank you for encouraging her to come as well. That's very important. Um, and it made the bestseller list. So hopefully I we could do that for I you know, as you well. I know, maybe have that magic touch. Yeah, no, I think we do. We have a little <laughs> bit of zhuzh. Um, so among many other accomplishments, but uh, your mother's an author of over 10 books. Yeah. Uh, your father's been in 75 movies. Yes. Um, I did want to ask, what was the defining moment where you decided you wanted to be in the creative industry? I mean, my our whole family has had so many accomplishments. So it's like when you go down the list, it's like my grandma had special limbs. Olympics, Grandpa had start, so it's the Peace Corps, it's just endless. But I'm very proud of my family. I look at it as being something that I'm really proud of and inspired by, and um, and I was really lucky enough to grow up with two parents who really encouraged the four of us children to focus on what we were passionate about and know that we were loved and that we needed to work really hard, but that we could find something that we were passionate about and excited by and to kind of go and follow our dreams in that area. So I think that was really helpful for me in finding my way with my books and the topics that I write about and um, and everything that I do in my life. Yeah, it's exciting. I mean, thinking about coming from the point of view with kind of like a famous family, is that much more fun growing up? I just grew up in Connecticut, but I don't know if it was fun. <laughs> it must have been really fun, right? I mean, it was, of course it was fun, but I don't know any different because that's yeah. just how I grew up. But I think we had a very normal upbringing and, and childhood, and I credit that to my mother. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> Very, exciting. very normal, yeah. So one thing that I uh, read about you is that you interned at Dove I did. Um, during their Real Beauty campaign. Yeah, that's how I actually got inspired to write my first book, Rock What You've Got, that's I think almost 10 years old now which okay. is crazy, but it's how I, you know, got inspired to write about body image and, um, and every, this is my, my fourth book, but all four of my books have come from just real life experiences. And I, you know, struggled with body image for this. I struggled with forgiveness a lot and I wanted to write a book to be able to put together real life advice for people who are also struggling with forgiveness, which unfortunately for everybody in this area, or fortunately for everybody in here, you will all deal with forgiveness and come face to face with dealing with forgiveness at some point in your lives. So I think this book will really help and inspire people to be open to forgiveness and also be able to go back to their lives and practice it. Yeah, that's so important. How did the process change from your first book when you had never written a book before to this being your fourth book? How did the process of creativity or execution change in, in over those the period of four books? 
Well, I'm older now. Yeah. <laughs> um, Way better this... with Microsoft Word. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> exactly. Um, but this book is a series of interviews and, um, and a series of stories with 22 different people who've practiced forgiveness in different ways. And um, it's a great collection of different people who some have been able to practice forgiveness very easily. Other people have struggled with it and been able to practice it. Uh, some people still struggle with it. So for me, this book was different in the sense that I was lucky enough to be able to sit down and interview 22 people and they have such incredible stories and journeys and um, opened up really incredibly to me and their experiences and um, and their forgiveness journeys which as a stranger reaching out to somebody to tell them about their forgiveness journey is not like the easiest thing to do. No, it's so. very. it seems like it's such a hard topic to enter but did you yeah. have an aha moment where you felt that you wanted to go down the path to write this book because it is a unique subject matter um, just doing research, it, there's not really that many books. Well, or I was really just talking about struggling forgiveness. with forgiveness in my own life, and so I, you know, did the went around and tried to research books on forgiveness, and mm. I, you know, was kind of talking to every single person I possibly could to get some advice and guidance on navigating my own journey, whether that was going to my church and talking to a priest or a pastor or a therapist or just friends and family. And I really felt that for me personally, the most helpful and inspiring way to help navigate my way through forgiveness was hearing other people's journeys and taking their nuggets of wisdom and applying them to my own experiences. And so I wanted to create that in a book format to help other people in their journeys. Yeah, I read the book this uh, this past week, and it was deep. <laughs> Everyone that picks up this book, this is deep. Um, but when you t ask people about forgiveness, do they want to talk about it? Do you feel that they're open to it, like when you're at dinner parties? or? It's actually really interesting because forgiveness isn't something that we just kind of casually talk about with our friends and no, our family. It's a, it's a heavy topic. And, um, the people in this book were really amazing and opened up about their forgiveness journeys because of course I had asked them specifically to talk about that. But in my experience for the past two and a half years of writing this book and working on this book, I would sit at dinner with different people and they would say, Oh, so what are you working on right now? And I would say, I'm working on a book, um, on forgiveness and everybody would just pause and then get really quiet and I could see the wheels start spinning in their head and they would say, wow. And some people would burst into tears and say, wow, I just, I have to go back and I haven't forgiven, you know, my ex-husband of 20 years ago and, and people that I had known for a very long time that I had no idea they were struggling yeah. with that. And some people go back to, which is really interesting. A lot of people that I've been talking to in the past couple of weeks, just with promotion of this book, a lot of people say, when I heard about your book, I started going back to someone who bullied me in high school that I haven't forgiven. And it's been 30 years or somebody from, you know, 10 years ago that I thought that I had forgiven, but I actually really realized I haven't. So it's an interesting topic to kind of bring up with people sure. and hear their different reactions because it's such a unique topic and what your relationship is with forgiveness is completely different than what my relationship with forgiveness is. And that's what I think is so interesting and why I think these 22 stories will really 
resonate with people. They absolutely will. I can tell you after reading all 22 stories, I need to deepen my relationship with forgiveness. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because people are forgiving some really unbelievable things. And, you know, I... It's inspiring. It's very inspiring. Yeah. It makes me feel like I'm not complete as a human uh, until You're I can really up my forgiveness it. game. Yeah. Um, but you actually started with a story uh, in the book. You start with a story from your childhood um, about forgiving a friend. Yeah. Well, that was one of the many um, situations in my life that I found myself struggling with forgiveness. And I think you learn about forgiveness when you're on the playground when you're little mm -hmm. and then you don't really understand how much it evolves over time and what it means to you when you're 15 and then what it means to you when you're 25 and at 30 and how big of a role forgiveness plays in our lives. And so for me, that was really interesting trying to navigate what it meant to me in my 20s and also struggling with that and realizing that when I would run into someone that I thought that I forgave and I would still have anxious feelings or have some sort of um, nervousness about seeing them that I actually realized I needed to go back and do the work, which ironically happened throughout my two and a half yeah. years of writing this book because I wow. kind of started thinking, oh, I have a really good handle on forgiveness. And then, of course, God works in his many ways and likes to test you yeah. many times over to make sure you're really good with it. So I just found myself being tested throughout the process of writing this book and then realizing I needed to actually go back and dive deeper into my forgiveness journey. Yeah, and then, so two and a half years to write this book, but you interviewed each of these 22 people. Yes. Uh, and then were those interviews in person or by phone? Uh, some of them were in person, and some of them were over the phone just for scheduling reasons, but... Yeah. Um, Was it emotional just interviewing them? Of course. I mean, as you said, these stories are really deep, and they're really inspiring and raw and vulnerable. And every single time I would talk to anyone in the book, I would most of the time be left speechless because the way they talked about their experiences and opened up was so beautiful and felt like such a huge gift to give me as a stranger to be talking yeah. to. And I'm so, so grateful to every single person in this book. And I think it's so amazing that everyone wanted to be in this book and a part of this project because they want to help others in their forgiveness journey because it's been so impactful in their lives. And um, so it was, it was a really amazing experience for me. Yeah, so when you read the, the stories, you talk to Elizabeth Smart. She was kidnapped and forgave her captors. Sarah Klein, she was uh, one of the most abused victims of the of Larry Nasser. Yes. Um, Chris, uh, who was driving and was hit head on, and his pregnant wife and children passed in the mm -hmm. car accident, and all these individuals were able to forgive. Yes, but the biggest thing for me is is that while these people were able to have forgiveness be a part of their lives, they did not forgive instantly. Some people did, like Chris Williams, who you mentioned, he forgave instantly in a car accident. But what that really meant, because I think a lot of us hear that and we think, okay, he lost his pregnant wife and two of his children after being struck by a drunk driver. And he you know, woke up in the car and heard a voice that said to let it go. And so he made the decision there to forgive. And we hear that story and we think, okay, well, how could you not be angry that your family was just taken from you? How could you not be upset about that? And so I went back to him recently and he explained to me that while he made the choice to forgive, that didn't mean that he never felt 
anger or sadness. It was just about him feeling those feelings, allowing himself to feel them, and then bringing himself back to a place of forgiveness, which I think is really great because for so many of us, we might think, does forgiveness have a time frame, a time limit? When people say, hurry up and forgive, there are people in this book who forgave like Chris Williams, and there are also people who it took 30 years to forgive. Some people took three months. Some people are still struggling with forgiveness, and some people in this book have asked for forgiveness from someone else. Right. So it's a, a good collection of different types of forgiveness, different ways to process it, to deal with it. And, um, and I think that people will be able to relate to that because there are so many ways to practice forgiveness, and there's no right way or wrong way. There's only your way. And now when people forgive, do they, they don't typically forget. <laughs> That's like the trick question, right? <laughs> it's but in the phrase, forgive well, and forget, but it's really It's a forgive. theme that's actually come up a lot is this, you know, we hear this, this phrase of um, forgive and forget yeah. or forgive and never forget. And yeah. what does Which that mean? Which one sounds mean? better. <laughs> I know. And, and it's actually interesting because the forgive and not forget people think... Well, if you forgive and you don't forget, does that mean that you've actually practiced forgiveness or are you still right. resentful and angry? And both ways are shown in this book of, you know, forgiving and forgetting and also forgiving and not forgetting by choosing to forgive someone, but then being able to either have them in your life or not have them in your life, but be able to have boundaries to protect yourself moving forward. So it's not that you know, forgiving and not forgetting is not practicing forgiveness because that might be your way of practicing mm -hmm. forgiveness with an individual person and that's okay. Um, so there's so many different ways to, to have forgiveness in your life. Now, one of the takeaways um, that I found so important about this was that forgiveness is not a sign of weakness and it's not something that you do for the other person, but it's actually something that you're required to do for your own personal operating system to actually move past a lot of these situations that happen in your life. Yeah, I mean, I think required, it's really up to every single person because I think so many people still struggle with forgiveness throughout their whole lives. So it it is, that was probably the biggest takeaway for me doing this book was really changing my perspective and my understanding on what forgiveness really meant and also the idea that you don't have to wait for someone to come to you and ask for forgiveness. You can start that journey on your own and choose to take your power back and your control of your life and your situations and say that, you know, yes, you might be in pain and you may be hurt, but if you want to take control of that and say, you know, what happened to me is so not okay, but I want to, to not have it be a part of me moving forward yeah. and you want to practice forgiveness and it being really not about another person at all. Right. It's, it's really, really about yourself. A gift that you give yourself. Exactly. Yeah. It is hard to move past some, some of these situations. Yes. If you don't forgive, it's like, you know, you're always wearing it and bearing it. Yes. Um, but that seems to be the hardest part almost because the narrative seems to be around forgiveness is weakness. You know, someone did something well, to I think you. we all go into for our forgiveness journeys with different views of what forgiveness means to us. Mm -hmm. So some of us might view it as a weakness, which I've definitely viewed it as. Mm -hmm. Some of us might view it as a betrayal of our own hurt that we've experienced. And those are all valid and totally 
normal and understandable things to feel and to think. And it's all about how we can shift that perspective for it actually being looking at forgiveness as being something that is requiring incredible strength and is very empowering to be able to do and is a very challenging thing to do. But once you're able to do it, a big common theme in this book is that when you're able to practice forgiveness, the sense of freedom is an incredible feeling. Yeah. Now, what is your advice for people that just can't, just can't do it? Well, I, I like to make very clear, and yeah. every single time I talk about this book, that while I wrote this book and I spoke to these amazing people, and I've been able to practice forgiveness in my own life, that I am a student of forgiveness, and I'm not an expert on forgiveness just because sure. I wrote this book, that I know that while I have been able to practice it, which I'm very grateful for, that I will have moments in my future where I will struggle with forgiveness. And I fully intend on being able to come back and draw inspiration from the stories in this book to help pull me through. So I would tell people that, number one, to be open to the opportunity to forgive, but also that getting inspiration from other people has been incredibly helpful. I think the inspiration from other people is super important. Because yes. one thing after reading this book is that you realize that what you have to forgive versus what they have to forgive is two different worlds. Yes. You know, some of the individuals that had to forgive in this book from the uh, SME church in South Carolina to um, the school in Connecticut yeah. to Columbine to priests, mm -hmm. you know, um, at the clergy. It's like the, the level of forgiveness is so large and vast that um, me forgiving my brother for not paying me back a couple hundred bucks <laughs> seems like no big deal. You know what I mean? It's like... It's like, Scotty, I love you anyway. Um, but what were some of the hardest lessons you, you've had to learn uh, on your forgiveness journey? Because you talk about forgiveness journey uh, uh, in the book. But w what is it? Is that just the process over time that each person goes through in their own? Well, when I say forgiveness journey in the book, I think it's really referring to, for me personally, forgiveness being an ongoing practice and an ongoing journey for me personally. For some people, as I mentioned before, it's a one and done thing. But for me personally, it's an ongoing process. And I could have days where I feel like I have forgiven someone and then I can have other days where I feel triggered by something that's happened and then I can go back and feel upset or sad or angry and that's okay and to be gentle with yourself through that process. So when I say it's an ongoing experience and an ongoing journey, I just mean that it's the work of a lifetime. Sure. And um, for most of us, myself being uh, the person I'll talk about, <laughs> and for a lot of the people in this book as well, it's something that you constantly need to practice and remind yourself to live a, from a place of forgiveness. Sure. Now, what is the relationship between forgiveness and empathy or forgiveness and trust? Because do they normally go hand in hand or is kind of each of those part of the step of the process? I would say that a lot of the people in this book really display a huge amount of empathy and compassion. And um, it's interesting because one of the people in this book is Sue Klebold, whose son, Dylan Klebold, is one of the Columbine um, shooters. And I really encourage people to read her section with an open heart and to have compassion and empathy for her journey and also for her position and her experience. And she has such a fascinating take on forgiveness that was also really interesting to me because I had so many people... Uh, a few people in this book who were, as you said, part of the Sandy Hook shooting or the Charleston church shooting. So to be able to have someone who's on the other side of that was really interesting to me because that's something that we often think about 
when we hear these news stories or see these things on, on television. Yeah, the news cycle almost takes the emotion out of it. You hear it again and again, and then mm -hmm. it just continues to go, and you just, you don't feel like it's real. Yeah. You know, reading this book, you could really listen, you know, in, in your own to mind. The and understand stories. the words mm -hmm. that people are saying, and... And you end each chapter with uh, a little evaluation, kind of uh, how that yeah, changed your yeah your takeaways yeah. and how and actually the book ends with a, a little exercise. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I like to put a workbook at the end. At the end, you're like, okay, now how are you going to forgive the people really that you test didn't? You. <laughs> right, no, because but, I thought that it was interesting that every single time I would talk to people about forgiveness that people go right to a person or a moment or a situation from their past where they haven't practiced forgiveness or they're still struggling with forgiveness. And my sister Christina actually suggested I put that workbook in there because she thought that it was such a great idea and I thought it was a brilliant idea as well to be able to have a place where you read 22 stories that are, as you said, very They're so deep. I started so drinking deep. during like the sixth story. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I like rosé. I had a drink. Then I read another one. I'm like, I need another drink. And then you got towards the end. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's, you know, to be able to have a place where you can write those things down. So if it's someone's name that you want to go back and, and you know, work more on in your forgiveness journey or... It's a space where you could also maybe write someone a letter and then give them the book as you know part of your forgiveness journey, or write them a letter and keep it for yourself. It's just a place where I think you know we all have so many thoughts when it comes to forgiveness yeah. about our own experiences, but our you own have to journey. Put it on paper. Yeah, and I found helpful. that personally helpful for me. I'm like I'm a visual learner, and sure. it helps me to write things down. And so it's a great place at the end of the book to kind of wrap up your forgiveness journey or to start your forgiveness journey after reading the book and kind of uh, decide how it will impact your life. Yeah, it made me like search for things that I needed to forgive. Yeah. It was it was very that helpful. Come easily? <laughs> uh, you know, there's a couple things lingering, but I mean, I'm pretty yeah. good about it, but I mean, no one's yeah, running a perfect game exactly. these days, but you know, I'm pretty okay about it. Um, you should work in advertising one day, you know. Thank I mean, you. you know, you're so good at your creative visualization and learning, you know, this is perfect place for you. Um, now, last year you married uh, Chris Pratt. Um, do you forgive him for taking so long to find you? <laughs> it, we found each other at the perfect time. Yeah. Did you, is it true you met in church? Yes, we did oh, wow. meet in church. That's yeah. amazing. Which is a great place to meet someone yeah. because you know that you have similar values and that's yeah. super important in a relationship. Yeah. So is that somewhere you go early and meet him or after church is <laughs> no, over? I don't after. know. I don't know. I'm trying to figure out when <laughs> is the right time in church. Are we going early? <laughs> Dusting off the pews. Yeah. <laughs> I knew you would be here. I knew you would be here. So, you know, I'm just learning. I don't know. I'm asking the question. Um, so you're a very serious animal advocate. Yes. And um, from animal rescue to dog adoption. Mm -hmm. So what do people need to know about that? Because I think how humans and animals and their ongoing relationship is, is being tested. But uh, what is your advice or should people know about that? I mean, I became interested in, I've always been a huge animal lover, but I became interested in animal rescue when I rescued my dog, Maverick. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I started by fostering puppies. My sister and I fostered um, seven puppies in my mom's garage. Okay. Did she know? <laughs> uh-huh. 
Okay, good. Hey, you don't know. You pull that car in and be like, honey, what are you doing? Oh, no, yeah. Like, she had that reaction for sure. But we found them all amazing homes. Okay. And so it was such a rewarding experience for me. And um, I grew up having a family dog. And then getting a dog on your own is just such a different experience. Mm -hmm. And uh, you learn so much about unconditional love and also about responsibility and patience. And um, yeah, a lot of patience. And uh, just being able to work with these amazing organizations on animal rescue and to be a voice for the voice is something that I've always loved and animals are a huge passion of mine so it's something that you know brings me a lot of joy to to talk about and to really just allow other people to know when they're ready to get an animal or to explore that area what incredible animals are in shelters across America yeah and so that's what you encourage instead of going to the mall and picking up a dog you go to the I mean I'd be shocked rescue. if malls still have dogs in them I feel like I everywhere know. they're outlawed but I I also I'm say sorry to people, I don't know if malls have dogs <laughs> I do apologize that but I, this I may have been outlawed <laughs> 20 years it's like the flip phone it's like malls with dogs I know I'm pretty sure they're done with that but I just encourage people because I think that every Every animal needs a home, so I never like to, you know, get sure. upset about people going to a specific, you know, type of dog or breed at all, because every animal needs a loving and, and caring environment. Absolutely. But I just think that for a lot of people, especially for young children, which is why I wrote my children's book called Maverick and Me, it's because I think little kids, you know, get excited about having their first pet. And so to be able to teach them that they yeah. can go to a shelter and get their first pet or go to a rescue organization on a Sunday and fall in love with a little animal is a, a great way to introduce kids to the world of adoption. Sure. It's much more exciting, it seems, too, than just going I mean, to the you mall. You sometimes don't know what it's going to look like. It's a whole... Yeah, yeah. Thing. I love that. Now, do you prefer... There's a lot of controversy in New York, uh, the term dog owner versus pet parent. Do you have a uh, particular term? Um, because the dog owners are saying they're really pet parents, and uh, the pet parents, some of them think that they're dog owners. Do you have I a, feel like uh, both are great terms. I mean, they're okay, both I pretty know. realistic <laughs> as to what it's about. I call myself a, a dog parent. Okay, yeah, dog parent, yeah. yeah. My mom is a dog parent. We have, we're a dog family. Okay, good. That's yeah. good, yeah. I live yeah. in a pet-friendly building, and uh, everyone is like, we don't want to be looked at as owners. We are parents. We are pet parents. Oh, okay. So I just, well, uh, that's sweet. Yeah, yeah. Until they're in the elevator with three of them. They're like, all right, I know. Just get outside. Um, what is your uh, favorite social media? Do you check social? Yes. Do you have a favorite social media? Probably I would say I'm most frequently on Instagram. But I know that there are a hundred different platforms now of social media, and there can be a lot. No, but it's good that you check uh, Instagram. That one's, you know, keeping it. It's important. People are making a lot more of these TikToks, It's important with a book. I'm not into the TikTok thing. Yeah, I'd like to watch them, but I'm not going to do them. Yeah, I don't know. Six seconds. I'm trying to figure out if the thing's on. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I already blew four seconds. It's like, come on, man, you ruined the video. Um, But you also started a Facebook group called Forgiveness Ambassadors. And now, is this a group... uh, Tell me about that group. So we launched a Facebook group called Forgiveness Ambassadors, which if you have not checked it out, I really encourage you to because it's been such an incredible experience for me. And I we created this to launch the book, but it's really just become something totally beautiful on its own, really without me even doing anything, which is just getting people together who are interested in forgiveness and putting them all in a Facebook group and to see the conversations before I'd even had my first Facebook live talking about forgiveness was so amazing and truly brought me to tears just to see people asking other people that 
we're complete strangers. I'm struggling with this forgiveness in my life. Does anybody have any advice on how to help me navigate my way through this? Or, you know, and then people offering really heartfelt and beautiful words of encouragement and advice and talking about their own personal experiences. And it really showed me that forgiveness is something that we all want to talk about. We just don't really know how to and how to navigate it in our own lives. And so this, this Facebook group, anyone can join and become a member of it and to see the, the conversations that people are having on their own and also prompted conversations are just really inspiring and encouraging and get me really excited about this book coming out tomorrow. Well, that is so exciting. I'm going to check out the Facebook group. Please and do. anyone that says anything mean to me, I'm going to say, listen, you need to know this you forgiveness know. awareness yes, group exactly. and get your check yourself. <laughs> uh, well, I want to thank you so much for thank stopping you. by. I want to say I appreciate you so much for thank being you. here. Uh, and bringing your amazing mother. Thank and I'm so you. excited and proud that you have four, your fourth book. Thank you and so it much. launches tomorrow nationwide. So this is Comes actually your tomorrow. first stop. So yes, um, thank you all for having me. That is such an me. honor to thank be you. here. Um, so thank you so much, Catherine, thank for you. disrupting forgiveness. Thank Catherine you. Schwarzenegger Pratt, thank you so thank much you. for coming by. Thank Thank you for listening to the Disruptor Series podcast, Adweek's agency podcast of the year. Craving more disruption? Visit us at tbwashydayny.com.